Joe, what is the difference between snowmen and snow women? What? Snowballs. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. Uh, Joe, why is Santa so jolly? Why? He knows where all the naughty girls live. Hey, this is Jacques. I'm Joe. And welcome to Carnival Personnel. There's a lot more of those Jacques where it came from. Happy December. It's it, Christmas time. It is Christmas time. We are officially into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even notice when I came in here. Was the tree up? Tree is up. Good. Brand new fake tree. Oh. Went, nice. to, went to Lowe's. You cut it down yourself? <laughs> Dad, did you bring a saw? <laughs> uh, did, did, did Brand new this year? Yeah, we had the old plastic tree that was pre-lit. Um, it's seen better days. I think we've had it for eight years or something, and, you know, they don't make them like they used to. So uh, we got a new one. Um, yeah, we just did our annual, went to the, because we lived just six houses down from a tree farm, and it's fun. It, it, it really is, you know, but it's one of those things. It's like after the first hundred trees that you said, hey, how about this one now? It's like, all right, well. I'll just follow you until you decide which is the perfect tree, because they all look so different. Uh, well, there's the green. And then there's the green ones. Yeah, but then they, some of them are pr- prickly, though. There are. Turns out there are. This this farm has four different versions of uh, Christmas trees, so it is what it is. Very happy. It's cool that we can literally just walk it home. It's like six houses down. Uh, that was good. And one of my favorite things online lately... Uh, to start off the Christmas season is seeing people with uh, different manger sets. You know, it's not, a, but it's like you know, with different like themed, either like you know, all like Star Wars, Star Wars, or Batman, or hodgepodge of like different things. And I'm like, yeah, but let's be honest, both of those versions are on your lawn. <laughs> uh, what is on our lawn is a inflatable Olaf and an inflatable old school Grinch and Max with a Christmas bag. Um, uh, I did get the at at, but um, I haven't put it up like a uh, Star Wars. And then, yeah, I, I knew what that was. Management made the mistake of showing me, oh man, how crazy is this? And I'm like, can we get it? And she said no, which means next year we will have a two story Rudolph. Like oh they actually God. sell one that's the size of our house. And I'm like, yeah, it's four hundred bucks. Allah. Uh, I'll wait to get that purchase, but it will. Uh, That's that'll get you a rice cooker. It, it, <laughs> Four hundred dollars. Oh, 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 very very nice. No, not a racial slur. Um, hey, and speaking of Christmas, do you know this Halloween Tom Hanks character called David S. Pumpkins? Dude, yeah. So, <laughs> so management got. Um, my oldest and I, and I'll show Joe some pictures after, some ugly sweaters to go on our outing today and got our little guy this this suit. And it does not the suit look amazing? Yes. And she's like, oh, he looks like Dave S. Pumpkins. And I'm like, who? She, and she was stunned that I didn't know about the character. So I come home. Do you know the actually after one skit, they didn't bring the character back. They... Made a half-hour Halloween special based on him. I do remember that. Yeah, that's and fantastic. It's like one of those weird phenomenon things. And he's not exactly a dynamic. I mean, he's dynamic, but he's not. He doesn't bring anything else to the table besides the jacket. And, and that's attitude. it. That, yeah. That's the whole thing. And it's like the whole thing that there's no backstory. There's no history. There's no tie-in other than his name. And the jacket that's adorned with pumpkin outlines. That's it. Um... 
I watched one of those like EPKs talking about the creation of you know the writers who wrote it. Tom Hanks did not want to do the skit. I'm trying to think who was this the the character. The, was, it, was that like in the John Mulaney host era? the following week? Right. Um, no, it was just like two years ago. Okay. I, I, yeah, because I'm like. You know, but Bobby Moorhan was one of the people who wrote it. Oh, wow. And um, he didn't want to do it. And he, I forget who was the host next week, but I thought it was more up that guy's alley. And he did it. And I was like, he was on a red carpet doing, you know, somebody was asking about it. He goes, Yeah, that's who I am from now on. Not Oscar winner Tom Hanks. I'm David S. Pumpkins. Yeah, well, it's sort of like when Richard Harris became. the guy from Harry Potter, you know, like he had been in Camelot in the 60s. Right. But a whole other generation knows him as, uh, uh, not Gandalf, um, Dumbledore or Sir Alec Guinness. Right, right. Same yeah. thing that you wouldn't think. Right. So now Tom Hanks to a certain generation is, hey, David has pumpkins. <laughs> um, I it, was also in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, hey, you know, JoJo, we're, we're uh Again, let's let's tear down the fourth wall a little bit because we were just talking about Finally, it. so we can kind of expand the room. I figure now we can probably put a bigger studio area here. We can maybe put like a mini fridge here. We Whoa. could put a um, – uh, no, wait. We could – how about if we tear down this wall? We'll create the illusion of two rooms. It'll sort of uh, set up a flow into the living room and the guest area so then you know the guests could come in. We could be talking on the podcast. They could be sitting over there. We won't be bothering them. They won't be bothering us. You couldn't afford this. <laughs> oh, oh, that not you're not literally tearing down a fourth wall. Uh, I went on the whole rant for nothing. No, you went on the rant for my pleasure, my pleasure only. Now, well, we tell the good people at home and Biff what the snacks are today. <laughs> Um, well, and I feel like uh, the guy on The Price is Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why don't you describe the items for us? Well, we have a bag of Hershey's Nuggets, milk chocolate, <laughs> classic bag, net weight eight, uh, 10.08 ounces, whatever. We have an Easy Cheese American Cheese Whiz, and we have Ritz Crackers, and do we want to go on? No, what? And my question to you, and you already answered it, is there anything more white trash than cheese in a can. Uh, two cans of cheese. <laughs> I stand corrected. Seriously. I mean, how many... Uh, the, you don't live in a trailer, <laughs> per se. No. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, Not yet, you know. But yeah, I thought, I, I thought I'd mix it up a little bit and, you know, go... I, I've yet to have the cheese. Actually, it's yet to be squoze So maybe, would you want to do that right now in the air? All right, here we go. Let me just open up a bag of crackers, because nothing says good podcasting, like (laughs) a crinkly bag of Ritz crackers. That's why the sneeze guard is on your microphone. Oh, Oh, great. uh, Gingerly took one out. Oh, here we go. You got to put it on the mic, dude. Here we go. Ready? Here we go. Oh, <laughs> I'll just say that was in a very exciting can of cheese. This can of cheese are a really big set of boobies. I mistakenly thought that the cheese whiz made a sound similar to a whipped can. Oh, oh man, I got to turn the microphone around. This is a mess. <laughs> oh yeah, oh. seriously. I thought that the cheese can with the cheese whiz can was going to make the same thing as a. Uh, uh, a cool whip can, Not and cool uh, whip, with whipped cream. Can. I'm gonna have to ask uh, Biff what the Japanese word for bukkake is because that kind of looked like, uh, like I said, the cheese whiz was very excited. Um, 
The cheese can is saying it never happened like that before. <laughs> Honestly. Mm. Don't your, mind us. And your thoughts. Um, it's all right. It's got a beat I can dance to it. And give it a 75. As I peel the rest of it off my paper. So now um, now, now, now we'll get into the, the good part of the show. Um, I've only been working on it for about a day, but I have a new impression to put into my act. What's that? Would you like to see my impression of George H. Bush? <laughs> oh, you know. Too, too, too soon? No. Okay. No. Actually, I ironically just on time. Uh, any any uh, any thoughts about him uh, and his health taking a turn for the worst? I don't think so. I think that was, <clears throat> I think that was pretty much right on schedule. He died within a year of his wife, which usually older couples yep. who um, who live that long together uh, do. And um, you know, I figure, uh, I don't know. I, he he was. Not exactly a spry young chicken. Nine, nine, 94. Yeah, 94 years Didn't young. look a day under 98. <laughs> you know, that deal with the devil. Yeah, it takes some, with you. Yeah. Expiration date. Uh, were, you, were you political from like, you know, when he was... No, you were too young when he was uh, vice president. I remember uh, kind of being... Yes, I remember him when he was running for president. Um, I don't know. I think I, I think at that age, I kind of... like. I, I think I might have supported him in a weird way because I'm dumb. No, no. Back, I mean, uh, the incumbent president, you know, it, it's very rare to have a one-term president, actually, you know, more often than not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Don't say that. Don't say that! Unless it's something like a John Kennedy situation. Uh, but he uh, he's being... Getting all the flowery, like, reminiscent, what a great guy he was... And time has been kind to him. I was political then. You know, I was very active. I mean, I voted in that election. And I'm trying to think, probably, if I do the math right, it's a big stretch for me. Yeah, probably the George Bush, Mike Dukakis presidency was the first president election that That I I had voted in. 30 years ago, so yeah. So I had voted in. Uh, not not a, not a fan of his politically. You know, he also, you know, he also skated on Iran Contra, and I, you know, I'm not going to go down the list, but it's interesting how ex CIA how history has. Now, on the other hand, you know, let, let's the positive stuff. You know, you know, much like John McCain, but a generation earlier, he was the youngest World War II pilot. Uh, I guess he had. I don't know how many like you know tours in combat and stuff like that, but a well decorated. Um, World War II pilot, and by all accounts, you know, you know, a pretty good businessman. Um, he didn't, he didn't come from a lot of money. It wasn't like you know, he made the money that the family's been living on like the last two generations. But when you see all these glowing, reminiscing, what a great guy, and then you remember, it's like, yeah, you know, him. He's Rumsfeld. He's Dick Cheney. He's you know, the first Iraq war that is very controversial about really how it happened and, and you know, whether whether we told Saddam he could go in and then, you know, kind of couldn't. And I was watching TV. I was actually watching Colbert. I was watching Michelle Obama on Colbert on uh, Friday night. And 
it broke in during the Colbert, like during the commercial break, right, right at midnight. They came in with an old school CBS special report. I'm like, oh man, is he resigning? Like, is this is this it? And then it turns out, no, it's George Herbert Walker Bush is dead. But they were playing the package. You know, they have it all queued up, ready to go. The, uh, the obituary package, and they describe the first Iraq War and how Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait and the U.S. liberated Kuwait. And it's just like, oh, all righty, I guess we did. Did did we? I guess so. Yeah, depend. You know, but because of truly the current administration, you it, it bothers me that you know how how we're re helping rewrite history for the Bushes, the Bush legacy, and it's just like this current cycle, you know, when when George H left office. There was a huge recession. There, the economy was not headed in the right direction. Um, Clinton did turn around. I'm not the Clinton made a lot of mistakes. I'm not the, you know, the glowing. He was perfect, but he did a lot to turn the economy around. He didn't walk into a White House that was running ship shape type thing. Left the office, but it is history is remembering more fondly. I think the Bushes because of the current situation of the GOP. Possibly. I mean, honestly, do you really think that people are going to vilify the Bushes publicly, uh, especially on like a news organization? No, no, you know they're, I mean? they're definitely not. And and look, there are some, and again, because things have become, and I and I couldn't imagine in 1988 things being more polarized then, you know, but they are. They're so much worse, and. There was a couple, uh, a good example about a positive. Let's talk about the positive things. Uh, George H., when David Duke got the GOP nomination to be senator, David, you know, uh, um, rather George H. publicly came out and said, I'm not saying vote for a Democrat, but there is no way, shape, or form does this guy represent my party, and I will have nothing to do. He completely disemboweled himself from a white supremacist. You know, um, there was also many times when he did work, you know, with Democrats. There was many, you know, and you can go back and forth. Um, there was some positive stuff that you just wouldn't see any, anything close today. At the same time, you needed a 60-40 vote. You needed 60 votes to get somebody in the Supreme Court. So you had to play politics more than bullying yeah, I, we really shouldn't hold any sort of politics against this current administration because this hopefully is an anomaly, not not a new norm. Uh, it, it's but the thing is, before the election, people have been talking about, you know, the guy who 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 is president now was a result of like the last twenty years of Republican politics by cultivating like the fanatical, you know, religious right, by cultivating, you know, the, the, white, the, the white supremacists, by cultivating um, the gerrymandering, the voter suppression. You go down the list, like the hatred, and especially the eight years previous. The absolute, they, they never came, I don't remember anybody on Fox ever dropping the N-word, but Man, did they did they come <laughs> awful right? They came right up to that line and would stick their nose over. I think Muslim was their N word. Yeah, uh, Kenyan. I think Kenyan, I think Kenyan, you're right. Kenyan became it. Even you know, even the guy who who was on 
shockingly MSNBC this week, who created the Bertha movement, is still not backing down from it. So, you know, we won't go any further into it. You know, uh, he wa- he was a war hero. Um, he he did a lot of positive things, but I'm not. I'm not forgetting Iran Contra and and a bunch of other stuff that George, you know, George Walker is the one who sent. Uh, was it? Didn't he send Rumsfeld over to sell arms to Sudan, or was that during the Reagan administration? That famous picture of Rumsfeld shaking hands with Saddam Hussein. That was that was Reagan era. That was Reagan. Era. I so, think that could have been. Even, yeah, that was Reagan era. So he, you know, so he's vice president at the time, so, and, and as you had already pointed out, he was the head of the CIA. Mm-hmm. You know, FBI is. In domestic, CIA is the rest of the world, so a lot of nasty shit he was ground floor of. Yeah, but at least the president had some kind words to say. You know, he, he took the high road and he had some kind words to uh, say. Did he write it? Did he? Did he? Did he? I kid. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I, I was going to Actually, say. I don't know. I mean, at, as of the airing of this, as of the taping of this podcast, I don't believe he did, although... There was I one do. tweet that was... Yeah, it was. Smell you later. I think is that what, is that what <laughs> hey, he said. Um, I, I don't know if I, yeah, I had it on here, but you already brought up that Michelle Obama was on Colbert. You know, she's making the rounds. Her book, right as of this podcast, over 2 million copies sold. The best selling hardcover book of 2018 is uh, her book, Becoming. Uh, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to read it, but I'm very happy for her. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, unless you want, you know, to hide your money in something. Well, you know why I'm not going to get the book? Two reasons. Why? Uh, obvious one. Mm-hmm. It's a book. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm a racist. So, you know. Don't say that. People will believe you. <laughs> well, no, they should. It's a book. I don't read. So, <laughs> um, moving on to happy things. You know, Joe, it is a wonderful life. It is a wonderful life. I'm in the middle of eating some, man. <laughs> uh, so we got, you know, and it's always nice. And I and I and I thank All Star Tommy. I thank anybody for feedback. But I guess the Pasadena Playhouse is doing a run of "It's a Wonderful Life," and uh, All Stars asking flat out. I, he didn't quite say in the text that you could come and stay at the house while you come to audition <laughs> for "It's a Wonderful Life." But uh, reading between the lines, I think that's what he was saying. That's funny, and I appreciate people's enthusiasm about my shitty impressions. So, um, yeah, I, I, if that's sort of like a little, uh, a little hint to maybe at some point this month bring out a new self-indulgent theater scene with "It's a Wonderful Life," eh, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll do that. I'm 100 percent using that as an excuse to bring out "It's a Wonderful Life." I'm going to jump ahead because I want to look something up real quick. I have a big apology. And I don't know if apology is the right word. I unintentionally, I I didn't hijack her gold. But a couple years ago, my niece, when I was in guitar, um, she, one of the cabinets in their bathroom made a, a funny squeaking sound, made a funny sound. She printed out a picture of Chewbacca, put it on the cabinet, and when you opened it up, it does sound like Chewbacca. Oh, it, wow. It's growl. It was it was one of the funniest things. The other day on Twitter, somebody had an, a similar thing. They had a Chewbacca coffee mug, and as they pushed it across the table, the, you know, the certain kind of mug on a certain kind of table, they pushed it across with a pencil. It it very much made a Chewbacca sound. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, and all I did was reply by tweeting that little. Eight ten second clip that my niece had sent me a couple years ago, 
and I'm happy I did, but I feel bad because it's the tweet in which I've got the most response in my short time on Twitter. <laughs> Over a hundred, you know, uh, um, likes, likes, and 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 a couple dozen retweets. Were you blowing up on Twitter without me? It, well, you know, but that's the thing. It's like I didn't post and say, "Hey, my niece came up with this is really fun." I didn't even think that. But then, as the hits kept coming, I'm thinking, <laughs> "Oh man, I'm raking in all this right. Twitter gold." This is how villains are born. <laughs> I did, so so I feel bad. So, I'll I'll give it to you, so you can put it on the Carnival personnel. You know. Thing. Oh, you mean at Carnival Podcast on at, Twitter? I would uh, if I could figure out how to post it on Instagram. I would. Maybe we're gonna throw it up on the book face, but uh, but we will credit you know my, my beloved niece because I, I I felt like I stole her thunder from two or three years ago. Does she want credit from you for anything? Uh, she's just about me a long yeah, time ago. That's why I wonder. Um, so, baby, it's cold outside. We're not going to do our Christmas best song thing. We did that last year. Yeah. But have you followed that a lot of radio stations are pulling in? I'm trying to pull up the oh, lyrics. Oh, of course. It's a rapey song. Yeah. 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 And In and, 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 and light of the Time's Up and Me Too thing. Yeah, uh, fuck that. I always thought that. And even... It was even before this, the whole movement started. I remember about two years ago, because one of my annual Christmas watchings, one of my favorite Christmas movies, if not my favorite, um, the Star Wars holiday special, uh, an elf. And there's a scene where they sing that. It's a lovely song. As she's in the shower, and he's not like peeping Tomming. He's completely innocent, you know, but he hears her singing, likes to sing, and it's like. You know, uninvited into a woman's bathroom where she's taking a shower singing, uh, as you called it, a rapey song. Rapey song. Yeah, it does not surprise me. But we're going to go out on it at the end of the show, oh, I'm boy. pretty sure. They did a gay version of that on Glee um, years ago, which, you know, less rapey, but still. Uh, yeah, d- I think it was from an older boy to an underage boy. So oh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, they, I don't know. You know, I hey, know. the wardens told me a thousand times you can't rape the willing. You can't rape the willing. Is that Anthony Jesselneck over there? <laughs> I can't see so good. <laughs> All right, so we got that bit of horrible out of the way. That was wonderful. What that, are you talking that about? That was wonderful. Uh, now let's get into the awful. Please tell me you saw Putin. And the you know the the prince of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia yep. meeting up at the G twenty summit. Yeah, well, they gave themselves the bro shake. Do right. was that not the most repugnant? I I, I mean we know we, we know the history of Putin like offering journalists and offering people who don't really like him, and now it it was just so throwing it in the world's face. Fuck you. This is who we are. We make no apologies from it. What are you going to do about it, motherfucker? Right. And the <clears throat> the funniest part out of that whole image was the image of Donald Trump in the background behind the two of them as they're handshaking and giving each other high fives. You see like a sort of a distant, uninvited, you know, ignored Donald Trump just staring off. And they're both playing him so well on the world stage. And of course... You know, Trump keeps talking about, and, and, and the whole administration keeps talking about. Well, they have this. What? What are they? They keep inflating it. It's like a five billion dollar or ten billion dollar, you know, weapons order, which isn't a small thing. But I wish our economy wasn't driven by you know, the the military industrial complex. But Putin has already stepped in and said, "Oh yeah, we're happy to 
sell you things if they don't. We're we're also happy to take barrels of oil at eighty dollars a barrel, like we're twenty dollars higher than it's going for. Putin came and whether Russia really would or even if they could afford to, but it's like, dude, he's just fucking trolling you. Uh huh. Well, you know, that's our Trump. Now on the upside, well, no, there is no upside. But uh, in the in the city of D.C., I don't know if you caught this, uh, they've just taken a vote to rename the street where the Saudi embassy is um, and, and rename it for the slain uh, journalist. Oh, Khashoggi? Yeah. Huh. And it, it's a local municipal thing. It's not something that bloaters can come in and... Put put the kibosh on. Oh, wow. So they are the city of DC is open. Uh, now are they trolling the Saudis or are they trolling the administration for not doing anything? Or a little little, little uh, column a, a? Yeah, a little from column A, a little from column B. Yeah, I mean he's a journalist. I mean he was he was a journalist, an American, uh, for all intents and purposes, journalist who was murdered um, in uh, in, uh, in a in a abhorrent way and. They turn a blind eye. The administration turned a blind eye to it. So yeah, I would say that this is something that uh, is, you know, basically saying it's the, it's their way of saying to both the current administration and the rest of the world, no, this is something that we're going to not forget. We're not going to just sweep this under the rug because you want us to. And so you know, we've talked we've talked enough about that. Let's go on to, I want to say a happy bit of news, but again, why do that? You know, a, a few, a few about now. It's a month or two ago. For a brief moment, how joy I felt, and I believe you felt, when the UN laughed at Trump, and I mean, absolutely laughed. I forget the and for a second, you're like, yeah, the whole world's laughing at us. <laughs> you know, it's like you you want to separate yourself from, but yes, they're laughing at our leader. I think it was when Donald Trump said at the UN. That his current administration did more for the U.S. economy than all the previous yeah. administrations combined? Something like that. And the world openly laughed. Well, so the other day when – and it was a surprise because even the reporters who got wind just a half hour before that Cohen was showing up in court on Wednesday, they, they it was an unexpected thing that he was coming in to plead to different things. Um, you know, the day before – or was it? Or was it a little before that that Manafort, it turned out that Paul Manafort's deal with Mueller was ripped up, and they filed new charge. They're filing new charges, or they're saying they might file new charges, but they ripped up the agreement with Paul Manafort, like, just like flat out. Hmm. Uh, Bloda spent a couple days saying, "Well, no, I haven't offered him a pardon, but it's not off the table." Um, which which is called uh, uh, what's that what's that word oh obstruction, yeah. uh, but Cohen has come out and it was when you talked flipped he completely flipped and he flat out yep I told him about the Trump Tower meeting with the Russians and I told his family about it and here's all the evidence that I told and he had to stand up in open court and not just say all these things but they had to show it and and you know. I'm happy, but at the other hand, it's like it's one of those things that we all knew this, but now that it's coming and now that it's I'm, – I'm, I'm excited for the next shoe to drop. But on the other hand, um, yeah, we truly – this isn't conspiracy theory. This isn't liberal snowflake talking. This is a Manchurian candidate in the White House put in and controlled not by a foreign power, but by a foreign power that we've been at conflict with since the day – 
we both got to Berlin at the same time in 45. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Um, I'm wondering if I should probably break open one of these Hershey's Nuggets. Uh, no, I got to know. There's a whole there's a whole open one right here. We have two bags of Hershey's Nuggets, by the way, just in case the first one can't fulfill its duties as a delicious snack. Hey, have we uh, have we talked about my weigh-in this week? <laughs> oh yeah, how's it going? My fat shaming. How, oh yeah, what you down about four pounds before I got to your humble abode today. So <laughs> let's put that shit back on. Yeah, you know, between today and, and and tomorrow's like Pat's game. You know, oh, you know either the celebratory eating or the depressing <laughs> yeah. eating. You know, uh-huh. it's like week weekends are tough for me. Like like literally weekends are. But so back to the Cohen thing. Um, one of the interesting things is this has given license to the media outlets to be more bold, um, playing playing clips back-to-back a la like Jon Stewart used to do. All the clips where he's saying in the last couple days, it's like, it was a small meeting. Well, we had rudimentary talks. It's like, sure, we were. Of course, I was thinking about developing there. You know, Of course, I was still doing business when I was running and blah, blah, blah. But it, it was very minor. Playing back-to-back by the... I never had any sort of business with Russia. I had nothing to do with Russia. Don't know how to spell Russia. Just learned about the word Russia today. <laughs> and, and and that's the thing. It's like finally people are, are are emboldened. And I don't know why they haven't been doing this, but flat out playing clips back to back. They're all doing the split screen. And I think I sent you one of the tweets. You know, somebody I follow on Twitter, one of the journalists I follow, you know, uh, like... Headline on MSNBC Thursday morning, Cohen flips, you know, confirms Russian uh, or, 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 or Trump Tower meeting with Russians. Um, CNN, BBC, CBC, MTV. Right, MTV News, right. <laughs> uh, and then it had a screen grab. It had several screen grabs for all the talking points that morning on Fox News. Um, the migrant invasion. And the war on Christmas. Those were the two things that they were going with. Like, nothing to see here. Yep, yep, yep. That's fo- good old Fox News for you. Oh, man. And the surprising part of that 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 tweet that I, I forwarded at you. MTV has a news organization still? <laughs> well, you know, Kurt Loder, he must have had, like, some sort of uh, lifetime contract sign when he first came on board. Because he, I mean, he's still, like, the guy over at MTV News, I I, I don't. I don't think I've turned on MTV in a decade. Yeah. Do they still have news? I, I hey, that tweet says so, and if it's in a tweet, it has it to be has real. It has to be real. I uh, yeah. Ever since my my, uh, I, I was gonna say fifteen minutes of fame, but I think it was a fifty-three second clip on MTV. Tabitha Soren presented your news clip from ninety-three. Three. Ninety-three. My my big, my my first run for public office. Briefly say what that is. Briefly. Uh, I, and and we can, maybe if I can find the clip, we'll post it. I ran for school committee in the city of Andover in 93 as a protest candidate. Why would you do such a thing? Because I was home from college and there was a big article, like front page news on the, uh, Pulit winning, Pulit winning prize. Pulitzer. Pulitzer, Lawrence Eagle Tribune, that one of the five school committee members who's been on for like ever announced a year earlier that at the end of his term he's he's done just weeks to the election nobody even filed nobody even took out papers this is just maybe six months or so after the clinton the first clinton presidential election and i just remember thinking 
everybody on both sides of the fence did nothing but say how important education is. And the town of Andover, you know, I was just there for sophomore, junior, senior high school. But I don't think I was friends with somebody in the town whose mom or dad didn't either have a law degree hanging over the mantle, a doctorate degree. It's a very upper white, you know, uh, collar, you know, town. Like everybody's a doctor, an engineer, a lawyer, something like that. And in this town, nobody, absolutely nobody would even bother to run for the office. So it's funny. I took out nomination papers. I had trouble getting the signatures because, um, you remember how I dressed in 93 and how I looked? I had, you know, like like the hair down to my, my, my breast line, but I shaved the sides and had attached sideburns. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I dressed uh, less conservative. <laughs> and um, I remember, like, trying to tell people, like, look, nobody's running. I finally got enough names on the signature. I remember I, I turned it into the office. It was all well and good. I get a call the next day from the Lawrence Eagle Tribune, and the lady, you know, asked me about my whole platform and stuff like that. And my entire platform, easy to remember, um, vegetarian lunch program, make third graders read Kurt Vonnegut, and change the school mascot, which was, you know, the Golden Warrior at the time. I was way ahead of the curve on the political snowflake stuff. And the lady had some laughs, and it was a fun little interview. And the next morning, I get up in the paper. There was nothing in it. I didn't give a shit. Uh, but then I got a call that afternoon, and the lady's like, oh, this went to go to print. My editor recognized your name because about two months before, in the Sunday paper, and like the, the, the entertainment section, um, the band, Beyond It, our band, had a full-page article. And, you know, it was me. And she's like, you didn't mention that you were in a band when I talked to you yesterday. I'm like, I didn't think it was relevant. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's relevant. <laughs> and um, so I ran, and we should maybe have my sister on one day because she will tell you one of the only times she has seen fear in my eyes in my entire life. You know, uh, you know, one time I, I was 11 or 12, uh, so she's a year old, and my brother's two years younger, my parents are out, and kids just – broke into our house that I held them off with a stick, you know, and, and, and I wasn't phrased, you know, I wasn't scared. But uh, at the big debate, because what ended up happening is so many people, because I, my, I said, fear is a great motivator, you know, it's like, you know, don't I know it? This is what you get, bitches. You know what I mean? You don't care about your kid's education. This is what you're going to get. And then again, it was one position of five on the, you know, the, but I, I, you know, made it on TV. And so there was a big debate uh, between two people. And one was a doctor, one was a lawyer. And it was at City Hall. There were several hundred people there. It was hosted by the League of Women Voters. Um, I, I, I remember one of the questions was about condoms in the school. And, and both of these, you know, wing nuts were completely against it. And, and I said flat out, it's like, okay. What parent in the room didn't have sex when they were in high school? And if you think it's any different, it's not. So you have two choices. I mean, AIDS was still a big thing at the time. I'm like, you want your kids to fuck, get AIDS, and die, or get any kind of other venereal disease. You're fighting against condom to school. You're fighting against health education in school. At the same time, you're fighting against reality. This is what it is, you know? And, and having condoms available isn't giving your kids a license. You should still talk to your kids, but that's it. It, it, it was comments like that 
that got me the endorsement of the League of Women Voters. <laughs> and when I got the endorsement and it looked like I could possibly win, the look of fear in my eyes that my sister said she'll never forget. Because they're all like, you know, they're, they're thousand dollar suits and I have like a Hawaiian shirt on and ripped jeans. And, uh, and yeah, so there's pictures. But long-winded thing it made national news it it got me a, a full profile on chronicle and it got me on mtv news and there 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 you have it you were like what an italian mother is to a second helping <laughs> if i say just give me a little <laughs> boom full play that's an old Ray romano joke <laughs> just give me a little boom full play and, and if you if you don't want anything if you want zero food then you're going to have to shoot her and I mean, really? <laughs> oh yeah! Don't don't graze her. That'll just make her mad. Uh, uh, is there a big difference between like the Portuguese and the Italians when it comes to that kind of stuff? No, I didn't think. Now, I, I, and I'm asking a serious question. I had that Italian aunt. I had the aunt wh- whose parents were off the boat, and I grew up in Everett. You know, I I went down there almost every weekend, and it was the biggest bowls of this thing called pasta fasu. Finish it, finish it, finish it, and it was everything you could do to get that last spoonful in. <laughs> oh, you like it? Boom! <laughs> right. They didn't stop until you had a turtle head poking out of your ass. Yeah, so that exactly. was pretty much it. You know, hey, I, the play. Fun Factory starts rolling. <laughs> That's okay. He's had enough. Enough. Uh, Not on the couch. But here's Not a on the couch. Yeah. Uh, no, it was fine to shit on the couch. Why? It was covered in plastic. Thank you. Is that also a Portuguese thing? That kind of was. Yeah. Okay. You know what also was a Portuguese thing that I didn't uh, carry over? Uh, finished basements. Like <laughs> every Portuguese family I knew had a finished basement. Not mine. But uh, my. My aunt passed away two years ago. My uncle, he is 86 now. If you go in to their apartment, uh, 86 Floyd Street, anyone want to go? Say, but, say hi to Uncle Bud for me. You walk right in, and right there on the right is their living room that they got as a wedding present. It's showroom perfect. It, it, it's truly well over 50 years old. If that If that furniture is 50 years old... Those those couches, the couch and the love seat and stuff, have been sat on seventy five times, and and it's existed and it's pristine. So even if you shit on it, just wipe it down, baby. Right. It's all it's all good. Oh my god, yeah. Speaking of shit on the the one thing I did want to touch on because I've been saying this forever and some other people have, Deutsche Bank. Did you hear about the raid on Deutsche Bank? No. So Deutsche Bank's, you know, it, it, fun fact. You, have you gone bankrupt five or six times? I have not. You have not. When you're a very great business guy who was given half a billion dollars from your dad uh-huh. and you go bankrupt five yeah. or six times, uh-huh. turns out you can't get loans. And for about a good 20 plus years, no U.S. based bank was giving, you know, Donnie Two Scoops loans. But this bank called Deutsche Bank has been owned by a Russian oligarch, coincidence. And, um, they have been not only have they been investigated, they've been fined to the tunes of hundreds of millions of dollars in the past five or six years because there's finally been not a crackdown, but there's been some kind of crackdown on financial crimes like this um, for being caught laundering Russian mob money. Mm. I guess the only bank, the only bank that's been giving Donnie Two Scoops loans the last 20 years. Deutsche Bank. 
He's so smart. <laughs> uh, and no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Yeah, raid it the other day. Like a full-on 75 people marching in there and... They marched in, threw everybody out, and like papered out the window, so you couldn't even look in and see. And so, between Cohen flipping and stuff, I'm not sure he's coming back from the G20 summit. That's incredible. Thank you, John Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> I was more of a Kathy Lee Crosby. Is that but, is that right? Was it, it was John Davidson. It was a three person thing. Right. I, I think the third person was he. Um, oh, what was his name? Like Chip Chipperson? No, what was his name? Um, he did have a weatherman type name. Yeah, like but he had like a bowl haircut. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I thought I thought his name was like Chip or something, but I, I'll, I'll look it up. But yeah, there's John Davidson, Kathy Lee Crosby, and that guy. Um, that's incredible. <laughs> did you uh, Did you watch That's Incredible? Oh, I'm sorry. It was on television. Was it in on 1980s. television in the eighties? <laughs> Yes. God. Okay, now I got to look it up. That's incredible. <laughs> um keep no, I'm trying I'm trying to think what 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 that what the lineup was. But yeah, uh for anybody who doesn't know what that's incredible is, um wow. Oh. Actually, oh, sorry. Fran Tarkington. Fran Tarkington. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was thinking of somebody else. Yeah, the Fran Tarkington's, you know, football guy. Uh, uh Fran Tarkington made his name with the Minnesota Vikings, who the New England Patriots played yesterday oh. at Foxborough. How'd they do? And they won. Oh yeah. And this is our defunct sponsor of the week. <laughs> the Bill and Tony Esposito action hockey game. Magnetic control on top for one, on the bottom for the other. Okay, face off. Your players can move anywhere. Dig the puck out of the corner. There's passing and checking. You can set up beautiful plays and score. The Bill and Tony Esposito but uh it, it, yes and it's quite the laughing matter another nfl player caught on video punching and kicking a woman good times all right temporary layoffs good to, no no we're not doing that we're not doing i will just try to have some some decorum when we talk about this uh yeah, but Kareem Hunt, who second year star running back Kansas City Chiefs, turns out that this event happened in February. It was investigated by the local police and the NFL. Oh. And it's shocking, shocking that this happened in February and the NFL investigated, much like they did the Ray Rice incident. Um, somehow they weren't able to get hold of the security footage from the casino. Poof. Uh, TMC was. Well, what do you know? Just like with Ray Rice. Uh, I guess Ray Rice had gone to the commissioner you know, with his then-girlfriend, now-wife, and said, yeah, I punched her, got a two-game suspension, uh, and then the investigation, ha- the, the league investigated it, he talked to him about it, they gave him a two-game suspension, you know, uh, a couple months later, just as the season's about to start... TMC gets hold of footage, and Ray Rice truly went Mike Tyson. Wow. N- knocked her out. Same thing with this. This this happened in February. The league knew about it. He talked to the team about it. Um, how, old, how long did they hold on to tapes? A yeah. long time. I mean, that's you know, a, 
That's a long period of time. It's well, it's not tape anymore. I mean, it's digital, it, but it's still, literally. I guess you can archive that stuff. If you're a casino, you probably yeah. It's probably in your best interest to archive all that stuff. And it's uh, and, and I don't I don't want to get too sidetracked on this. Is it also in your best interest if you have that footage to archive it yourself to then sell it to TMC? Because yeah. allegedly TMC paid like a half a million dollars for it. Well, you know, in all defense. In the NFL's defense, they don't have that kind of money. So TMC probably makes how many umpteen millions of dollars a year, would you say? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's say they make $100 million a year. Yeah. Is, is $9 billion more or less than that? Because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not so good at math. Just because I'm married to an Asian doesn't mean I'm grandfathered in on the math. Always got to bring it down to race. <laughs> you... Uh, but seriously, how is it? How is it that TMC is always able to get their hands on this stuff? But the NFL and the local police, because if the local police did see this, and this guy wasn't put in jail, I mean he, and, and I guess it wasn't a, it, technically it is not a domestic violence incident because he didn't know the woman, mm-hmm. just got into a fight with some woman, so just assault, and repeatedly like punched and kicked her. Uh-huh. Um, you know I, I well. I've heard. I'm not going to watch it. I don't need to see something like that. So that's foreign violence. If it's somebody outside of your marriage, correct? Domestic is in the marriage. Foreign is I don't know what to, what you want to. Right, right. So so that. so if you punch your wife's best friend in the face, yeah, foreign. Yes, it's not. No. It's not right. So anyway, crazy. You know. So um, now I want to say good for the Kansas City Chiefs because instantly that it, that came out in the afternoon. A few hours later, goodbye. Released him, and and again, this isn't the guy who's like on the practice squad one week, starting the you know on the game roster. He's not on the bubble of the fifty-three man roster. This is a guy who I believe was a first or second round draft pick in his second year. They're they're running back, right? Like you know, it's like it, and so they didn't waver if they got rid of him. Good for them. For first of all, really good. For, they just released him and didn't make any apologies about it. Didn't waver and say we wish him the best. They said we talked to him about it. He gave us a different story and wasn't honest with us. We're letting him go. Good for them. But how hard did you look? You know how how, how Kansas City Chiefs. Now, um, now again, there are only one of thirty-two teams that split the nine billion dollars. So maybe they don't have the same resources available to them as, let's say, TMC does. Uh-huh. But is it a, you did not want to know? And I don't think the NFL has, you know, come out in front of this as well, you know, uh, and put it front and center. They, you know, now they're trying to sweep it under the rug type thing. Yeah, they probably just didn't anticipate it. They were hoping that it would sort of go away, or maybe they thought or fooled themselves into thinking it wasn't a big as big a deal as it really was. And maybe they just didn't see it. They, they didn't foresee that a news organization would publicize this and make it bigger. Uh, right. Well, but really, a- a- after the Ray Rice thing, you know, and after all... The, and the Ray Rice thing was before the Me Too Time's Up movement. You know, I mean, it's only bigger. Now, let me... And, and of course, what is this all about? The New England Patriots. Oh, okay. Now let me ask you, and, and seriously, and this is going to be the complete Homer Honk fan, and I am going to go down this rabbit hole a little bit. The NFL spent over $10 million with the investigator Wells and the Wells report, and Deflategate was in federal court, federal court, one step below the Supreme Court, 
for two years. They did not relent on this. I'm not getting into the specifics of the Colts balls were also the same amount of deflation as the Pats balls, that it was a sub-freezing game, that the locker room was 85 degrees and outside was 32 degrees. I'm not getting into that. The fact is they spent two years in federal court and $10 million to to you know, Wells' law firm to investigate this and over the possible deflation of footballs. Here a woman got savagely beat and you couldn't get the security tapes. You you could hire Ted Wells to take Tom Brady's phone and everybody on the team's phone and literally thousands of hours of testimony, but you couldn't go to the casino where it happened and said, hey, let us see the security footage. Yeah. Um, you have to not want to know. And the ratings are up in the NFL. Um, nobody at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue has said something since the beginning of the season, and that seemed to... Uh, scoring is way up, so the ratings are way up. You know, there's there's different teams that are having good seasons, so there's kind of new blood with the ratings. Uh, but something like this, again, I, I wish I knew how to quit you. I wish I wish I could walk away from football because it's something like this. Yeah, it's, it, it does make you try to uh, reevaluate your priorities. In uh, you know, there are there are certain things that we that you know, just like the NFL wants to turn a blind eye to this, you want to turn a blind eye to their blind eye. Uh, yeah, and and I'm no better, you know. Um, but but what does it take? I mean, Michael Vick got his job back, and Adrian Peterson got his job back. The only reason Ray Rice didn't get a, an, another shake at the you know an, an, another season or another contract. He was done. Like, like I know, I know Raven fans who are like, good because he was still under contract, and this got them out from a contract. He was, at, he was really at the end of his career, and probably would have only lasted that year, maybe another year, but probably that year, just with the Ravens because he was such a fan favorite. But it wasn't anybody was going to pick him up for big money. But Adrian Peterson can still run, so he's back in the league, and Michael Vick. You know, is I think he's still a backup somewhere, but he came back and had a couple good years. The thing is, this guy will come back next year. He will do the apology tour. He will go on the View. He will go, you know, on a couple other chit chatty shows. Maybe go on a show like Ellen or something like that. I can't imagine that ever happening. Honestly, getting counsel. Oh, all right. I, I hope not, but he he will be in the NFL next year. Somebody, if the league lets him play and the league will let him play, he will have a job next year. Sure, I won't be in arena football. Uh, you know what? If he happens to want to be in the arena football, I would suggest going out to uh, Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. It's a great organization. Uh, the other thing, and, and now on a completely different subject, and I hate to sound, um, no, I don't hate to sound like this. Rick Middleton. Do you know who Rick Middleton is? Uh, <clears throat> Bruin, right? From Bruin. You're not, not 100% sure, but, but you're pretty sure it's Bruin. You are right, sir. Okay. Can you name? tell me anything about him? Uh, he was a white guy. Yep. Yeah. Whoa. Well, he, he really could, he could <laughs> ice skate. Oh. And uh, hold a stick uh, and handle a puck. Do you know his nickname? Um, Swampy. Uh, <laughs> not not far off and nifty. Now he had his number retired by the Bruins this past week. Um, we've talked about it, and everybody's talked about it. The halls of fame have become the halls of the really good. Yeah. Um, Number retires used to be absolutely for the greats of the greats, with the exception of Celtics. They, you know, they've retired 
Almost every number. Uh, if you played on the Celtics from like the 60s to uh, now, you get your number they're, retired. They're, they're down to the retiring letters now. They, they, they're getting, they are actually getting there. Anyways, but they have like 30 retired numbers. The Bruins used to have just have five for like ever. I mean, absolutely ever. And when you think of the names, it's, it's truly, it's Eddie Shore, who probably still... As much as hockey's changed, one of the greatest hockey players ever. Milt Schmidt, just legendary. You know, of course, Bobby Orr. You know, Johnny Busick, who played like 25 years for one team and was always... Uh, but that was it, you know. And then, and then you know, Ray Bork. Ray Bork played the same time that Rick Middleton did. Rick Middleton retired 30 years ago. He's not in the Hall of Fame. So you're not good enough for the Hall of Fame where... Five to eight players get in every year, but you're now going to have your number retired by a team you... And again, guy never finished in the top five in scoring, never led the league in goals, never won a Stanley Cup, had a really good career. But it's not like... you know. You, do you know who Babe Ruth is? Yes. Do you know who Bobby Orr is? Yes. Do you know who... Uh, you know, go down the list. Do you know the greats in other sports? Even if you weren't, you know... Yeah, they were right. They were larger than life. That's it. They were it. household names. That, that's what retired numbers should be. Right. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I live... You know, I still... When I'm not mad at the Patriots, I still wear a Teddy Bruschi jersey. He's in the Patriot Hall of Fame. He's not in the Hall of Fame. His number shouldn't be retired. Did he have an amazing career? Yes. Did he come back from a stroke? Yeah. In a in a eleven year career, did he play in five five Super Bowls? You know, I mean, uh, great. He was a great player on a great team in a great era. But it wasn't like he, he was not Tom Brady. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? He did he win a couple games? Yes. Uh, uh, you know, one playoff game. Uh, he picked off Peyton uh, picked off Peyton Manning once for pick six and strip sacked. You know, that turned into a touchdown. I mean, he was a big point of great, 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 great. You don't get into the Hall of Fame for a couple great games against a guy who choked in <laughs> and outdoor games in the playoffs. You know, um, so so that, yeah. I mean, and then I and then I read today the um, the Rangers are also retiring a guy who retired in the seventies. So how many people at Madison Square Garden even remember this guy Vic Hatfield playing? So I guess I'm like... I mean, Vic Hatfield, I know the name Vic Hatfield, but... Again, you know, could you tell me what number or or what team he played on? Again, another guy who never left the league in scoring, never won a Stanley Cup. And not that Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. He's still great. You know, I mean, there are those outliers. Uh, Ray Bork... Had to go to Colorado to win a cup. In 22 years, he won, you know, one cup. But he has scoring titles. He, you know, he was a high school. You know, you can go down his stats that are, like, jaw-dropping. The day he was eligible for the Hall of Fame, of course he was in. And same with retired numbers. Most time retired numbers, I think it's like a five-year memoriam. I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, yeah. Moratorium. Moratorium. Thank you. Uh, there's exceptions. They retire at Bobby Orr's number like the following season, you know. Uh, and again, oh, we're talking, I think, the greatest, and other people could make an argument, you know, one of the two or three greatest. But you're talking one of the two or three greatest of a league that's been around almost 100 years. These these guys aren't. And, and it's the whole watering down of the the halls of very good. Well, I mean, is it is that just sort of a sign of the pickings? 
No. Well, the thing is, yeah, maybe, but... Like, who it, would you have inducted into the Hall of Fame, in, aside from Rick Middle? Well, well, no. The Hall of Fame, I mean, you could make an argument of the Hall of Fame, but not a retired number. I mean, retirement number, right. 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 Yeah, and that yeah, there isn't. There, there isn't. I mean, you look at the Bruins right now, and maybe, you know, at the end of the day... If they won another cup, Bergeron, maybe. You know, I love Marshan, but no, you're not going to retire Marshan's number. I wonder how much of that is like sort of like a quasi-political thing, you know, like a campaign sort of thing, like, like, a, walk yes, of, like yes. a Walk of Fame star. You know, like Lin Manuel Miranda, who just wrote Hamilton a couple of years ago, has a, a Hollywood Walk of Fame star. You know, probably a very good. You know, he probably will go on to do even better things and bigger things, but it's just like he's only been in the spotlight for a couple of years. Right. And now, you know. But that's a buying that you can buy your way on. Exactly. But same thing. Okay. Jim Rice, not in the Hall of Fame. Red Sox. Oh, he, he finally, after 20 years, he was retired for 20 years. And, and the way that baseball works, it's like there's a, the writers vote for you up and for like the first 15 years. Dude, if you, uh, you didn't make the first or second year you were eligible. Like, if you have to think about if the person belongs in the Hall of Fame, they don't belong in the Hall of Fame. But then they have, uh, there's a two or three or three or four year window where if the writers don't vote you in, in the first 10 or 15 years, that the players, old players or people in the Hall of Fame can, vo- can vote you in. And it's like, you can see some people like creep up all the years. It's like, if certain writers had a grudge with you, and then, you know, this is, Sidebar, this is how much baseball writers suck. <laughs> no player, including Babe Ruth, including Mickey Mantle, including uh, Ted Williams, ever been a unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer. There's never been a unanimous. People, because the, there's, a, there's a tradition where you don't get in on your first ballot. And some people hold to it, some don't. But there were people, nobody, you know, Babe Ruth. Not not so like not, Roberto Clemente didn't get in on his. Oh, he got in, but he wasn't a unanimous vote. Oh my God! So, the guy died like you know trying to. And, and at the height of his career, after playing ten great years, but but so so there you have it. So Jim Rice openly lobbied for twenty years, like showed up at whatever functions to shake hands and to basically plead his way into the Hall of Fame. Then he got into the Hall of Fame and he turned around to the Red Sox like, I'm in the Hall of Fame now, retire my number. And of course, you know, it's one of those things where they can sell how many how many Jim Rice jerseys get sold the day his number's retired or, or leading up to it. I mean, think of how many Jim Rice cookers they could sell at the same time. You are so damn right. Um, all right, so I'm, I'm going to get off the lawn, stop doing my old man yelling about the way things used to be, and get right into something in your wheelhouse. Before we get into the video game reviews of the week, we got a lot of talk about about video games what's that uh you and i had a discussion you just the other day nicely said if you've gotten fallout 76 bring it back yeah i heard bad things about fallout 76 uh apparently it's uh um not good it's not uh worth 60 dollars. i think the price has already dropped i think to 40 dollars. i didn't really look that far into it it's not it's sort of like an. It's almost like a rogue, rogue one Star Wars story to the you know Star Wars lineage. It's not like a, a true Fallout game. It's not. That's why it's not called Fallout Five. Um, but long and the short of it is, uh, it's it's not that fun. But the, it's just very buggy. Uh, they're having 
I guess, uh, connectivity issues with the server. Apparently, in order to save your data, it has to constantly connect to a server. And they've been having trouble maintaining that. So, like, whenever you're building something, if it doesn't auto-save and you just get disconnected from the server, you try to go back, your stuff's gone. Like, whatever you've been working on since your last save is just gone. Uh, it doesn't matter if you save locally. I don't know how it works. But um, they just, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a buggy mess. It's not getting favorably reviewed. There's actually a viral video of a guy trying to return Fallout 76 to a GameStop. And uh, he had already opened it. And uh, he wanted to get a full refund. And the guy at the counter said, no, I'm sorry. This is a used game because it's been opened. And then uh, the guy calmly, you know, stepped back. And then he calmly... Oh, and I'm sorry. He ferociously knocked over a gift card stand. And then he pushed down another gift card standee uh, as he was exiting the the, 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 the store. Um, so, yeah, Fallout 76 is not being very well received. So I advised... I know you were thinking about getting it. Or you said you would... I had already spent the big five bucks to pre-order it. Uh-huh. Um, so that's five bucks... Well spent, knock, and uh, you know, and we we will we'll get it, and the disc because other games are coming out that we'll get, and we'll get in the discount bin in six months for five or ten bucks, and uh-huh. be okay with that. Um, by the time we record our next podcast, will will your son be in any condition to give a piano lesson, or will he have been sleep deprived <laughs> for a couple days of playing Smash Brothers Ultimate, which comes out next week? That uh, will be uh, that'll be interesting. I wonder what we'll get him first: the sleep deprivation or the cramped fingers? And <laughs> carpal tunnel. The carpal tunnel. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. But well, yeah. Does he have an advent calendar counting down <laughs> to this? No, I don't think they're that wacky into it. And who knows if I'm at, who says I'm actually gonna get a day of? Okay, they did. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. And the other thing we talked about a little bit. And again, this is your old man yelling on the lawn. Uh you you were all excited about Red Dawn Redemption oh, Two. Red Dead Redemption, Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, we've had some second thoughts. We had, we who you didn't you say that you didn't think it was it's turning out to not be as great as no. oh oh um no I mean. I think I'm having second thoughts about how excited I might personally be uh, interested in Red Dead Redemption 2. Only because it's one of those games where, like Fallout, you have to be putting 40 hours, 80 hours into a campaign. You, you're diving into this world, and it's, it's so rich, you know, and it's so open world. And there are so many branching paths that you can take. That it's overwhelming to something, my style of gaming. Like, I'm sure it's great, but it's I can envision myself buying the game, playing it for, like, 20 hours, and then just stopping. Just flat out stopping. Because there's, you know, there, even though there might be an end goal, an end goal to the single player campaign, because there are so many branching paths, and you have to, like you know, uh, do cowboy things like every day. You have to like shave yourself and you have to... uh, Really? Yes. Like you have to control the razor, I think. Dude, I don't shave myself in real life every day. If you wanted to shave. But then, yeah, there are certain things you have to do and it's, I don't know, people are way into it and I'm not, and it's like a 10 out of 10 game. It's probably, I probably will end up getting the game maybe six months from now, you know, like when it's $40 or whatever, but, or even less. 
but um, I don't see myself diving right into it. People are like, you know, losing. The, I mean, South Park even made a, a, an episode about how people are getting addicted to Red Dead Redemption too. But I don't. I wouldn't say that it's not something that that universally is being panned. It's myself saying, "Nah, I don't know if I want to put a hundred hours into a game that I might not even finish." Have you bought a? When's the last time for your uh, your kids that you buy a game for them uh, without them saying, "I want this game"? That you you saw a game on the shelf and you're like, "Oh, they might like this, or they'll try this out." I don't know. Not for a long time. I mean, they're older now, so they, you know, they kind of know what they want, and I get what they ask for usually. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, and I'm not very thoughtful because <laughs> I, 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 it was funny because I, I had texted you from one of the stores I was in the other day. I saw a plushie, and I'm like, I think this is Waluigi, and I took a picture, and you're like, that's Waluigi, and I'm like, okay, thank you, I will get this. But I'm looking at all the games for like the Switch and the PS4. And I'm thinking, well, I know they want. This, this, and this. I know my, my my oldest has already asked if he could take next Friday off. Yeah, he's in the fourth grade. And, of course, the answer is no if his mom's listening. But he might, he might get a half day. Um, I get it. I, I do. I, I Dude, it's his Super Bowl. Um, and I know a couple things that Santa might be bringing. But I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll pick up another game. And I'm looking at all these games like, why? Why why am I going to spend 60 bucks on something if if they have no interest? So I did the... And I don't think it's unthoughtful, but or, or like taking the easy way out. I got a couple gift cards for, you know, online for a PS4 store for each of them and for Nintendo. And it's not that I'm not interested, but it's like, no, I'm not going to buy you something that you're not going to use. Right. I mean, there's always the story about how, you know, growing up, you know, the mom asked the guy at the store, like what all the kids are into and they get them the game that the kid doesn't want. After all, you know, um, so it's all, it's all right. You're old. It, it's fine to be old and out of touch with video games that aren't geared towards uh, old and out of touch people. They, um, there was an episode of the Goldbergs, and you'll know what they're called. He collected Transformer because he should, and his mom got him the um, GoBots. The GoBots is that okay thing? I was gonna say. The Hydrox to 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 uh, the Oreos, the Oreos that it was, yeah, it was a GoBot, and he looked at it like she put like a big steaming pile of dog crap in his hands, and like, look what I got you. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so no, I think that's fine. All right, so is there is there another gaming thing you want to talk about? You want to go right into the random video game review of the week? Let's go right into the random video gaming review of the week. So here goes Jacques. He's going to go walk over to my random video game review of the week wall. And he's going to pick out a game. It looks like from the good old Nintendo Entertainment System. Why break format? That's uh, that's branding right there. You know, stick with the program. He looked like he pulled a game out from the tees, I want to say. It's not track and field. Oh, wait, it wasn't. Okay, it's after track and field 2. It's after Twin Cobra. It's before I can't see that far. Is it before Vegas Dream? So it's T U. Uh, gee, what could it? No, no, oh, it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, no, it's not Turtles. Uh, damn it! I is it? I give up. Is, you you actually said it. Uh, oh, it was a Vegas Dream. <laughs> it's Vegas. Oh, <laughs> okay. I thought I was looking at it on the wall. 
Vegas Dream. Woo! <clears throat> it's um, I not played this, but it's one. Of, it's a casino game. You know, whatever you play roulette and slots and blackjack. Um, not every. Know any Vegas games? Can you play cards? Uh yeah no I I know the rules of blackjack I know the rules of poker uh I'm poker. not <laughs> wrecked them uh yeah I know a couple of card games I don't know like Texas Hold'em at all like I'm just I'm I'm way out of it yeah like I I know what a river is I guess I heard I know the term I know of the term uh, what a river is in Texas Hold'em um I don't know it's I'm not I've been to Vegas once and I was 17 years old. So I couldn't really do anything. I'm not a big gambler. Um, only because I know that if I got into it, I would be a degenerate gambler. So is there another kind? <laughs> Does any, no, seriously. Do you, have you ever heard of anybody being a casual golfer? If people golf, yeah. they golf. They're they're uh, out there at like five thirty. The outliers maybe, but if you're into something, I don't know many casual gamblers. I guess you know you don't you wouldn't think of like people who want to like on a lark. You know, going, ah, you know, it's it's our 20th anniversary. Let's go to Vegas and fuck around for whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's casual gambling. Like, it's not like, you know, they're opening a, a casino not too far from where I live. It's very soon. Yeah, like like eight miles maybe? Yeah, it's an not even. It's an yeah. effort, yeah. And it's, um, uh, well, I don't even know when. I guess it's opening next year or something, right? And um, I don't know if I'll ever set foot in it. Yeah. You know, I have no desire. Like, it's just like a seedy kind of... I, I had to go to Vegas, and I, and people think I joke when I say that when I first said it, but I had to go to Vegas about once to twice a year for 10 years for, like, hockey things, most part, um, whether I had to play on, you know, a, a team or a friend I was with, you know, was on a team or something like that, and I hated it. I literally hated Vegas because... Like it's it's a thousand degrees. It, well, you know, for me, it's a, it's the smoking. Like I I can't be around smoke. So just walking through a lobby to get to the elevator to go to your room, it's you have to leave the clothes in a bag by the door in a on a drawer because it smells that bad. Um, I don't gamble, and I can't afford the hookers. So it's like that town <laughs> is not is not. The only for thing me. I liked about Vegas in the nineties when I went is that the, the the steaks were really cheap. Like you could get a really good. We we big into steaks when you were seventeen. I was I was a big steakum guy. All right. I knew I shouldn't have eaten all those steakums before bed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Vegas Dream, according to Pat Contry, who wrote the ultimate Nintendo NES guide to the Nintendo Library book. <clears throat> Vegas Dream. Yeah, shut up. Three stars. In this gambling simulation, up to four players. Four players can register their name and then are given $700 to hit the casinos to win more cash from a menu players can select and play one of four games and can switch off to another whenever they want to or until the player runs out of money blackjack kino roulette and slot machines are all available to play yeah and then microsoft uh put <laughs> release windows 3.1 and put solitaire on there and that pretty much you know, seal the deal for anybody who had an itch to play anything card related. I, I think we all have gone through our solitaire phases. The free cell um, chasms, yeah. The greatest gift that I had ever given my mom at one point, going back maybe 20 years, um, when I showed her, because she was a receptionist 
you know, and she got it on her computer. When I showed her how to, with one button, toggle out of solitaire, <laughs> she thought that that was the gr- um, she was pretty sure I should have been working for NASA at that point. Um, but it did. She, it was, it was like the greatest gift I could have ever given her showing her how to toggle out. Now, if you didn't have this gold nugget sitting on the shelf, what do you think you'd be paying for it on the interwebs? Well, it is made by Hal Laboratory, which makes Smash Brothers. Um, I would have to say a cool eight dollars. Yeah, not yeah, look, seven ninety nine. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right, right there, right in the wheelhouse. All right, so cool. Vegas Dream for your NES. What are you watching? My weight. Um, no, that's what, me. <laughs> I'm watching that too. And man, hello, one of you. What am I watching? You know what? I just finished watching Mystery Science Theater: The Gauntlet. The you got through it. That was great. And then I also watched a short three episode run of a special uh, on Netflix called "Bumping Mics" with Dave Attell and uh, Jeff Ross. Bunch of comedians. Yeah, it's it's mainly they've been touring the country, and that was their final stop, the Comedy Cellar in New York. And they did the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so each night is its own episode. And they're only like a half an hour each, but they have special guests come up. You know, like they had Bruce Willis in the crowd at one point. Uh, they brought up like Amy Schumer and Nikki Glaser. And, uh, and then it, the second episode you'll love, you have to watch. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried, uh, he, he kind of intros them and then they go to him. Uh, every did they so talk often. about the lawsuit with Apple? <laughs> Never mind that. Um, then Bob Saget was also on that episode, um, and I, I, it was funny. You know, it's just like a good, like you know, kind of palate cleanser. You know, it's just like it's not, um, it's not a, like a, it's its own singular special. You know, but it's like it's a it's a good um, kind of throwback to how comedy was. You know, there's, there's a whole. I think now the the climate is about talking about how comedy is under attack and i hopefully will get past this fucking phase because right now it's a lot there's a sort of change of the guard like the old 90 comedian comedians who came up in the 90s are like not they don't understand these kids today they're so sensitive they you know you can't say this word you can't say that oh no there's so many comics the way comics made money one of the big circuits for comics was colleges i mean i can't tell you how many college campus like name comedians would do it more and more comedians won't do colleges anymore because of you know the sensitivity and the snowflake you know factor and i get and it. they don't pay no they do pay uh. Uh, you know i'm telling you it, it it still amazes me well you know it's funny you know we, we talked about it a little bit last week uh, and by the way you know special shout out to uh alex from gold star boulevard for doing sideshow this week yes thank you alex. Uh, that was fun the, the song is what was it lucky lucky, lucky number, number seven, seven you know uh which we played it's a good song but we talked about that i mean it would get college gigs even even us but our college i remember it's like they would pay like a few thousand bucks for a name comedian that you could see in Boston at Knicks. It's like, why is a school paying to have? But that's always been one of the things. But you know, you know, I mean, you can go back and forth. No, they're not shelling out for like Anthony Jeselnik to come in. But if you're a touring comedian, these are the gigs you do. You know, Knights of Columbus fundraisers, college things, and and you know, you supplement it with you know gigs here and there at no nightclubs, but. More and more people won't do the college circuit because the two politically correct. And I get that. Look, and you and I have talked it so many times about it. This podcast has helped in a lot of ways. You know, when, when we started, 
Like I become less John Rickles, you know, and it's hard. Like I've already, I mean, how many Italian, you know, what, 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 what I made an Asian joke today, maybe two, two, uh, right. You know, we, we talked about the Italians in, in a joking, in a, in a loving, but joking fashion and yes. stuff like that. Um, but some of that stuff doesn't even fly. Like making the, I should be able to do math because I'm married to an Asian thing. That's funny. It's completely stereotypical and it's stupid because I'm really making fun of myself not having the brains to realize just because I'm married to somebody who uh, uh, the stereotype is they're good at math. Um, ironically, the Asian I'm married to, not great at math, a fantastic driver. Like literally, she can parallel park better than me, and that's this. So the stereotype works in opposite directions with her. But that's it. You know, comedians would have to just do what I did: go on a five-minute explanation for a four-second throwaway joke. There's a great joke where they they do a lot of crowd work on the bumping mic special, and there are these two guys who are known in the area as the Twin Towers because they're these two tall African American gentlemen. Oh, I could take them down. You see what you did there. <laughs> Uh, I I won't ruin the joke for you because it's just that great. But they they say a joke that's just like, oh my god, that's so perfect, and so wrong yet so right. It's awfulsome. Um, so there's a, a bunch of those moments. It was nice, and I think it's it's worth a watch. So bumping mics with David Tell and Jeff Ross. Check it out. Unless you're a snowflake and you're gonna uh, melt. Did you? Uh, so you got through the gauntlet. How long did it take you to get through the gauntlet? Like a week, right? It started, came out Thanksgiving, and we finished it Friday evening. I would watch it with my younger son. So uh, we made it through the gauntlet in about a week, you know. And it was, a, it's, it's a, what, six episodes, eight hours cumulatively. And it was, you know, it's nice. It's also like, oh, they're probably going to now take another year to do six more episodes or four they more episodes. It could have taken more than two days to shoot the wraparounds. Exactly, right. But it's, um, you know, it was satisfying. It was what, good. What was the first movie? Mac and Me. Okay, we watched that. And watched it with, I watched it with the boys. Management came home. And just as a scene where he goes down the hill in the wheelchair... <laughs> Do you know the Paul Rudd, Conan, O'Brien thing? Yes. I did not know that. And so she stops a movie and shows, and it's like a 10-minute clip of all the times that Paul Rudd has been on the show. And then it's like, oh, Conan would set up. I think you have a clip from your new movie. Yeah, here it is. And like the second or third time, Conan's like, you got to knock it off. Then he came on, and he was like, yeah. This is a Marvel movie, and they're like, "Yeah, that doesn't fly. You're not doing that." And it, 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 it was was it a Marvel movie? Oh, the first time he he couldn't do it. I think it was for This Is Forty. Okay, who directed This Is Forty? Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow, right? Uh, Judd Apatow was not on the show, but flew to New York with him and sat <laughs> right off camera so he couldn't do it. Oh, my God. And he still did it. <laughs> you know? And then so when he came back, and the thing is, it's funny because this is over the course of like 10 years, and you see, you know, I, I, we love Paul Rudd. By Paul the way, Rudd. hasn't aged a day. Paul Rudd, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, by the way, Paul Rudd makes a guest appearance on the Bumping Mike special. Uh, what is your favorite role that Paul Rudd played to sidebar? Wrong. Crap bag. I don't know what crap bag. He was on Friends. Oh, right. And Phoebe changed her name to Princess Consuela 
banana hammock. She didn't know what a banana hammock was. <laughs> he tried to explain it. Tried to tell her that you couldn't do that. You can't change. So he went and leaked because he was engaged to her during that season, the character. So he legally changed his name to Crap. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she had to introduce him to her friends, like, oh, this is my boyfriend, M- Mr. Bag. It's like, oh, we're all friends here. Why don't you tell my first name? <laughs> like, Crap bag. So every time I see him, I think, so anyways, so now he's doing the $200 million. I mean, this is a guy from Role Models, by the way, was watching that today. It's great. It stands up. Role Models is awesome. I know not of Role Models. It's on Netflix. Just. Yeah, maybe that's my pick of the week, but we're all Anyways, but he does Ant-Man, and he's like, yeah, the, the studios won't let me. And he starts off the trailer in the first 10, 15 seconds. It's Ant-Man. It's Ant-Man. And then it goes into that clip. Um, the Mac and me wheelchair kid. It's so, it's so great. And the boys were losing their ever-loving mind watching how many times on Conan. And it would cut back, and there's Conan just like sitting back in the chair, jacket off. He's like, I quit. I'm done. Right. I'm done. Why Why do I invite you on my show? And every time. Um, anyways, so I watched Mac and me. Boys couldn't get over how bad it was. Like, like They were like stunned that you can make movies that bad. How far to the floor did their jaws drop during the breakdance scene in the McDonald's? They... they uh, Maybe that was the highlight of the movie. Well, I'm trying to think of what the, what the there was a couple things that just just got them like you know just they couldn't believe the bad parenting you know what I oh, mean right. uh, that was the 80s though there was uh, you know the the absolute the absolute oh. No, it's at the end, at the end, when they got their citizenship. Oh, right, and they were all dressed up. Dude, they look ten times creepier with clothes on <laughs> than without, you know. Oh, it was hard. And then we started. They they can't get over that you're legally allowed to make a movie like Atlantic Rim. Like, like the oh, little right. one is, because Pacific Rim's our jam. Like, like, the little one has probably seen me watch Pacific Rim without exaggeration, 20 times. And the fact that they have this awfully low-budget GoBot version. <laughs> the Mockbuster that I learned about last week. Yeah, it's called a Mockbuster, but it's the same Sharknado company, the, um, the Asylum. So so I'm getting through the gauntlet. My pick of the week, um, we'll get it a little sappy here. It's, it is Christmas Chronicle. You know what? I had a kind of a, a like a... Maybe about uh, that movie. I, I, I love. I like Kurt Russell. Yeah. He, he's an actor. I really. I've always really liked. Miracle top five movie. No, it, it, but it's really good. Uh, gonna give you a little spoiler alert. Uh, uh, Lowell Mass. The family's from Lowell, and hey. and we're watching it as a family sitting in our humble abode in Lowell Mass, and it's like the boys were dialed in, and they love Christmas movies. But when they said that, and it's funny because I saw. Picking up the, the oldest one at school the other day, I saw you know the uh, the dad of one of his little buddies who was standing there waiting for him to come out, and I'm like, oh, we watched it. He goes, yeah, we were watching it too. And this guy was born and raised in Lowell, pissed off that it wasn't actually shot in Lowell. <laughs> like the writer might have been from Lowell, so wanted to use it, but it was Lowell, British Columbia, <laughs> right? Exactly. But it was good. I mean, it, it's a su- it's a sweet movie. It's fun. It's. Um, it's light enough, and yeah, I get it. You know, I mean, you know, sad. it's it, it, so it, it's above Hallmark movies, right? Channel, okay. I mean, but but I was watching role models. Uh, Paul Rudd, who played who played uh, the guy in American Pie, who like was into Stifler's mom. 
Or Stifler. Oh, Stifler himself. Oh, 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 Stifler. Okay. He's an actor. He's a known actor. He had a good, like, five. Sean. Thank you. Sean. He has a three name. Name. But definitely, Role Models is on uh, is on Netflix. It's probably my favorite Paul Rudd movie. He's a complete douchebag. <laughs> yes, he he really is. Speaking of Christmas movies, I I did like the there was a meme going around at least on my Twitter about or somebody tweeted a montage of every like holiday movie where the poster is a heterosexual couple wearing red and green. And there's literally 30 of them, at least 30 of the uh, just like white heterosexual couples wearing red and green. And it's just like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, and then also, yeah, I know you don't listen to the Titus podcast, but they uh, had their uh, uh, Titus's grandmother-in-law on. And she watches all those, you know, Hallmark movie channel uh, Christmas movies. And they were talking about how, you know, she's seen every one of them. And they're all the same plot. You know, woman comes back to her hometown um, with her big city boyfriend and then falls in love with the boy next door. Boy next door that she grew up with and then dumps her big city boyfriend. You know, but it's just like. He was always right there. Right. And it's the same exact plot every single time. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Although I will say this. AMC now is showing all the Rankin Bass, not all the Rankin Bass, but they had a marathon Saturday of 11 straight marathon, uh, 11 straight episodes of the kind of the, the B team of Rankin Bass cartoons. Like they had uh, Rudolph's Christmas in July. Um, they had a Little Drummer Boy Part 2. Uh, yeah, so uh, completely missable. Now, my, I would ask you, would you rather watch another one of these made for Hallmark, same poster, the heterosexual couple, where the small girl, small town girl goes to the big city and comes back and marries the boy next door, or would you rather look at a couple more photos from the Hellscape White House Christmas decoration that the first lady has uh, outdone herself again? You're talking about like the, the red Christmas tree hall? Dude, seriously, You're is right. that not like who directed The Shining? Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, is that, that's is what that, I said I, on my Twitter. I had Christmas by Kubrick, dude. And we're gonna find out at one time. Those trees are people. The trees are people. Some genius photoshopped it so that it looked like those aliens on Sesame Street that went yep 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 yep. Uh huh. Uh huh. Those are annoying. Yeah. But yeah. That, but I saw that photo and it's like, wow. Are you is. You know what, Joe? Let's spend a little time talking about the real war on Christmas. And it's whatever the fuck she's trying to do. I don't know. Let's not. Okay. Uh, parenting tip of the week? Ah! Uh, guy, don't send them to war without good reason. There. All right. I said it. I was going to go with something nice like, you know, the, the nice family, the, the now annual Christmas tree farm going up into the hills and picking out our own tree type thing. Um, family did it together. My mom and dad came. Management's mom came. It was nice. I was going to say something about that. Fuck that shit. <laughs> um, I know that I've named my children after 
you know, superhero figures and uh, or superhero characters and and sci-fi characters, which is why I put them in jujitsu because they're going to have to deal with my nerdism and geekism. Um, don't fucking name your kids A B C D E F. You mean ads Ab City, dude? Seriously, go ahead and name it. It's all your right. You know, you're going to fuck up your kids your own way. I'm not telling you that. Just don't make a fucking big deal of it if they make fun of it. That's almost like when, you know, uh, African-American kids would be named like ShamWow or something. A-A-Ron. Is A-A-Ron here? You you mean Aaron? (laughs) Oh, that's how you're going to play it, huh? (laughs) Oh, like Anthony Hardaway? Yeah, no, I I get it. The, it look, there, there's a there's, you know, I said it when when we put the boys in school in Lowell. One of the things that I liked about it is there's no way I would be able to say all the kids in their rooms' names right. There's just no way. I'm not great with ethnic names, you know. I'm just not. You know, I'm not good with regular names. I'm not good with people but 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 very eclectic names and i like that i like that it's culture and there's different things that's one thing we really like about living low you know that said again from somebody who named his son after his favorite superhero really you're gonna saddle your kid with that and and not expect that there's going to be pushback right well you're talking about the story where a southwest airlines person at the gate Made fun or laughed at the l- girl's name because it was A B C D E, right? And but it's pronounced Ab City, and uh, th- like you wouldn't know that. And how did that make the news? Like, did she go on a blog? Did the mom yeah, go on? Yeah, and, she posted that. You oh, know, like how dare you? And then the backlash was like, "What the fuck are you doing? You know, you're naming your kid A B C D E." Oh, it's like a woman who goes out. Well, I mean, the to be on to fair, the last. Name is Jekyll Monopkis <laughs> which is Apka the most Jekyll Monopkis It's the most incredible word you ever see. Um, no, it's it's funny because it was kind of a joke. Like I said, on the Big Three tour, um, McCants wore a crown, a real crown, a crown that cost him several thousands of dollars, and he wore it everywhere. And every time somebody said, "Hey, man, what's with the crown?" he would turn around like. What are you talking about? It's just a hat. You know, like you're you're the idiot. And I I look, I get that, but you know, <laughs> if if you're gonna do that, there is gonna you're not gonna be with them at school all day, every day. They're gonna get shit. And maybe the Southwest person, I don't know how far they took it, but dude, if you're gonna put it out there, you're gonna get that. It's you know maybe, just maybe, hear me out. I'm hearing you. Maybe the mother is, is a wingnut starved for attention. Oh, maybe. No, it's just a bit. You know, woman goes out and gets like, you know, uh, a woman who's a B cup goes out and gets a boob job and she's a double E, wears cleavage down to her navel and then gets mad at you for checking her out. It's like, but you, but you dress and you, but I, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I will not uh, respond or pile onto that remark. That's That's old school. Uh Um. No, I think the no, only- if she was named Apkadefki. Then, <laughs> then, then we right. got something to bitch about. So, hey, our parenting tips are always tongue in cheek. Name your kid what you want, but, you know, actions have consequences. Read the room. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're going to go out. Um, so, Dan and I uh, jammed the other day. Uh, Sean couldn't, couldn't make it. Uh, so, but we're getting ready for our big show with Gold Star Boulevard. 
um, December 14th. Uncharted and LOL and Dan Dan came up with a song a couple years ago that I really like and there's a couple tough changes in it and we worked it to death the other day. We're going to go out with it called Firing Line. I suggest going to dancrate.net and and you read along the lyrics as you play this. Um he's a uh, he's good. His his words are good. Quite the wordsmith. You know, it's like um he and, and I'll preface it by saying, if you read a lot of dance lyrics, you have to know that he was tragically in love with his wife two years before he ever asked her out. Like, he was in love with his wife long before they ever became a fling, that became a couple, that been married for, I don't know, 25 years now? And he's just as love with his wife today as he was before he had the courage to ask her out. The lyrics wouldn't indicate that. <laughs> I mean, he writes these these, these anti love, you know, like just like brutal, like like just wordsmithy, brutal, Shakespearean, tragic awesomeness. So uh, keep in mind that it's like it's like when uh, when you see Bobcat go away perform in a movie, it's not. Really, Bobcat Goldwaite. It's a character. Uh-huh. Dan is in love, uh, and and as he should be, as we all should be. You know, maybe not with his wife, but you know, our Pick own your own wives. damn wives, right? But uh, but yeah, firing line by Dan, and uh, I'm uh, gay. I know it. You know, hey, don't you wish? <laughs> when I say you would be the first to know, <laughs> really, does it matter if you are or not? Hey. I'm just sticking my dick through the hole in this fence, officer, when this wacko comes by and decides he's... Hey, how can I be gay if he's blowing me? More, more. <laughs> what is the difference between... <laughs> how can you tell if your roommate's gay? How? This cock tastes like shit. <laughs> you, you, you better end this. We're not headed down a good place. <laughs> Jacques, don't forget... It's not a lot to say we said it all before It's everything we said It's led to this There's nothing left to do We've done it all to death It's time we closed the ties And laid our love to rest The cops locking me a car down from me Like my hollowed out guts been packed with ice And that's just how The way to your side That's why I pray they aim straight And I smile at the firing line That's why I pray they aim straight And I smile at the firing line That's why I pray they aim straight Smile at the firing line
the time Brush your lips across my cheek And pull the blindfold tight The cops like a beer carved up from the inside It aches like my heart and I can't spend packed with ice And that's just how The way to your side That's why I pray they aim straight And a smile at the firing line That's why I pray they aim straight And a smile at the firing line That's why I pray they aim straight And a smile at the firing line 